This is a sermon given at St. David's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas. Visit our website at stdave.org. So, uh, despite what your bulletin says, my name is not Dr. Amy Menke, in case you hadn't figured that out. She's fine, everything's fine. This was all part of the plan, uh, it just didn't quite make it into the bulletin. Um, I am a parishioner of St. David's, I'm also a financial advisor, and so Father Chuck thought it wouldn't be inappropriate for me to preach during this, our annual pledge drive season. Now, no, I'm not going to ask you for money. Uh, not I am. It, he is. <laughs> Uh, not as such anyway, but I'm going to talk about money. And in the course of that conversation, we'll, we'll get to the giving bit. But first, let's talk about today's readings. Now, they could not have a clearer theme if it walked up and hit me on the head. So thank you, lectionary, for making my job easier. What happens in these stories? Jacob wrestles with the stranger in the wilderness all night, persisting until daybreak. Paul admonishes Timothy to be persistent in preaching the gospel and doing his work as a minister of Christ. And the widow from Luke is the very model of persistence. In fact, that story, as you may know, is often called the story of the importunate widow. Importunate meaning persistent, especially to the point of annoyance. <laughs> I just love that. So the lesson is clear, right? Just persist. Don't give up. Keep your nose to the grindstone. And eventually, well, eventually, what exactly? That's a good question. Now, I'll tell you what modern culture says. Just keep climbing the corporate ladder and eventually you'll be valued for what you do and then you'll be happy. Just keep searching until you find the right romantic relationship and eventually you'll be seen and loved for who you are, and then you'll be happy. Just keep spending every waking moment working to make sure your children get into the right school and get the right job, and then you'll be vicariously successful through them, and then you'll be happy. <laughs> Just keep saving up your money, and eventually you'll have enough so that you're safe from harm, and then you'll be happy. I see that one a lot. <laughs> or one very similar, just keep working and eventually you'll have enough money that you can afford to stop working and do what you want and then you'll be happy. Now, it's pretty rare that someone says any one of these things in as many words, but if you thought about it, I'd bet you'd find yourself operating on one of these scripts or one very much like it. And of course, those scripts are wrong, but not entirely. Because let me be clear, money in the bank makes the difference between having food, clothing, and shelter, and medicine, and not having those things. And children are incredibly rewarding, and romantic relationships are amazing. And success in the corporate world can be fulfilling. The trick, though, is in the last bit of those scripts. And then you'll be happy. There's a script beneath the script there. It implies, without saying it directly, that we're not happy yet. We can't be happy yet, because we're not enough yet. And so we allow ourselves to get caught up in this never-ending cycle 
Father Chuck, you can correct me uh, if I get part of the story wrong, but he was telling me a story about a conversation he had with someone about giving. And that person said, I'm going to give after I reach my goal to have $1.2 million saved up. Once I get there, I'll have enough money and I can start giving. Now, I laughed when Father Chuck got to this part because I've seen this before. I knew what was coming. I've seen it 100 times before. And Father Chuck said, now that's a good measurable goal, but I suspect that 1.2 million will eventually become 1.5 million. And then maybe 2 million will start to sound better because, you know, 1.5 million just isn't what it used to be. <laughs> it's never enough. You'll never get there. Now, some of you might be feeling a little depressed about all of this right about now. Just wait, it gets better. And by better, I mean worse. Because we're all sitting in church, right? Safe from all of those false messages of popular culture. Except, if we're not careful, we can end up with the same kinds of scripts even here. If we just come to church every Sunday, eventually we'll be good enough and then we'll be happy. If we just read more of the Bible, eventually we'll know enough and we'll be happy. Or, my personal favorite, if we just get to the point where we're giving 10% of our income to the church, we'll be giving enough and we'll be happy. Again, coming to church is wonderful. Studying the Bible is excellent, especially in a group. I'm particularly fond of reading the Bible together, which is a group that meets at 10 a.m. on Sundays in the Guild Room. Yes, I'm not above a shameless plug. <laughs> and I could write a whole other sermon on the benefits of giving, both to the church and in general. But that underlying script has snuck in again. It's not enough. If I could just do more, eventually it will be enough and I'll be happy. We can't escape that pernicious script is everywhere. Why is that? Well, here's my hypothesis. It's because that false message, the one that says we're not enough, but if we persist, we will become enough, and then we'll be happy, that message, I think, is a twisted form of another message, a true message. And that message is in today's scripture. It compels us to keep wrestling, to keep knocking, to keep carrying on out our ministry, to keep persisting. So there's a truth somewhere in there. What is it? Well, how about I take a stab at it, and y'all can let me know what you think after the service. I think the true message has two parts. Here's the first one. God says that you are enough. This is 100% the antithesis of that earlier message, right? That literally says, you are not enough. And this message, you are enough, rings through the scriptures. We are enough. We have enough. The gospel according to Matthew says, consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. The Gospel according to John says, See what love the Father has given us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. And Paul says in Romans, Neither death, nor life, 
nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God. God says, you are enough. And if all humanity could just internalize that, feel it in our very bones, see it in each other, well, I don't know, somebody might call that the kingdom of heaven. But, but I said there's a second part of that true message. Because, I mean, if God says we're enough, we're, we're done. We've won the race. We've passed the test. We've finished the work all before we ever lifted a finger. So once we finally wrap our minds around that, what do we do? Well, I think we get to spend our entire lives moving even closer to God, knowing that we'll never reach the end because there is no end. There's just more and more God. All right, so what does more God look like? For Jacob, that meant wrestling with God, kind of like how we wrestle with Scripture until Jacob obtained not just a blessing, but a new name, a deeper insight into his very inmost self. Sounds pretty cool to me. Now, for us, moving closer to God might look like any one of a number of things. It might look like doing more. It might look like resting more. It might look like working more. It might look like playing more. It might look like spending more time with others. Or it might look like spending more time alone in the quiet. It might look like giving more time, or it might look like giving more money. As an aside, I've discovered that my preaching style involves a lot of examples. I hope you don't mind. I'm, I'm a former engineer, so I have trouble with things that aren't concrete. <laughs> but since I'm a financial advisor now, let's, let's talk about that last part, the giving money part. So a couple years ago, I was talking to an engineer client of mine. She just started off. She was making more money than she had ever seen in her life, more than enough to live on, but she wanted more. Specifically, she wanted something deeper, something spiritual. So she asked me, how much should I give? This was an engineer. She wanted something very specific, some you know, cost-benefit analysis, right? <laughs> So I gave her a specific answer. More. <laughs> More than she did last year, which was easy given her new job, right? And then more again next year. Now, how much did she need to give? Nothing. She was already enough. How much did she want to give? More. Now, hold on, I hear you cry. More every year? There's got to be a limit, right? That's not sustainable, is it? Don't worry, I hear you. First off, this is an ideal, and it looks different for everyone. You know, if you're recently divorced and you're using food stamps to buy your groceries, it might make sense for you to reduce or eliminate your giving for a while. And that's totally fine. You're enough, remember? You don't need to give anything. But for those of you who already give 10%, imagine a future many years from now where you give 20%. Or 30%. Imagine someone who's 
40 years old, doing well for themselves, already giving 10%, but aiming to increase their giving by 1% every year forever. If they live to be 90, that's 60% of their income. How awesome would that be? Can you imagine the freedom and the joy that would come from just giving away over half of your income every year? Man. Now, is that a big, hairy, audacious goal? Sure. And that's for this hypothetical, but not maybe not actually hypothetical person that I'm talking about. For you, 10% might be audacious. But we're called to be audacious, to wrestle with God, to knock on the door, to persist, to want more, more wisdom, more love, more giving. Not because we're not enough, but because there is more. We can always move closer to God. Do you have to? No. And if you don't want it, that's okay. You're enough. But there is always more goodness, more richness, more closeness with God. And who wouldn't want more of that? Amen. Amen. You can find more lectures and sermons on iTunes by searching for St. David's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas, or visit our website at stdave.org and click on the podcast button.